Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in. What's right, Nick Wright? Episode 80, live from Trintage here in beautiful Harlem after a exciting and a little confusing and long week five in the NFL. The, the London games, are I actually like them now, but it does lead to a long day of watching football. Yeah. Up at 9.30 in the morning, it games nonstop until 11.30 at night. But we have a ton to get into. Also, since we last talked, Dray, the video of Draymond punching Jordan Poole came out and Draymond's long apology happened. So all of that later in the show. And right now, if you're watching on YouTube, we are live this very moment. And let me add to it this fact that you can add your questions or comments in the chat. And in the final segment of the show, we will get to them. But before that, as we always do, let's discuss what we're not discussing Here's what did not make the cut for today's show. Not on today's show is the Padres pounding the Mets in a winner-take-all wildcard game. Just a brutal final month of the season for the Mets. I also, during that game, once the Mets were down 4-0, live bet the Mets at 60-1 to to win the World Series. Felt like there was some value there. Instead, they get one hit through nine innings. Quarterback controversy in New England. We're not going to get to that as Bailey Zappi moves to 1-0 on his career. You want to give him credit for the previous one as well, 2-0 on his career. And Kyler Murray's game day outfit did not make the cut, but Kyler's inexplicable play down the stretch will make the cut. Demonze, we are just a few hours removed from Sunday night. But yeah, there's the game day outfit. It's just, and that, if you're watching on YouTube, that doesn't really even do it justice because the shoes were far and away the most indefensible piece of all of it. But you're going to dress like that Probably need to win, and certainly if you don't win, what you need to do is find a way not to blow the game in the final seconds because you think you have a first down and you don't. But we'll talk more about Kyler in a bit. Sunday Night Football ended about 12 hours ago. Let's start there. Demonze, go ahead. Uh, Lamar led a game-winning drive to beat Cincinnati, and uh, Justin Tucker has now hit more game winners than LeBron James. Does this prove to you that Baltimore is the a- a fact check on that. Is an AFC contender? Or that Cincy is back or neither? Okay, so I never thought Cincy went anywhere. And there's a tough loss for Cincinnati. Any game you're up with two minutes left is a tough loss, even though Baltimore had pretty thoroughly outplayed them. Quickly on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to be just fine. Cincinnati, Cincinnati's next six. At New Orleans, home for Atlanta. At Cleveland, home for Carolina. A bye. At Pittsburgh, at Tennessee. So four of their next six are on the road. They are all inferior teams to them. Cincinnati, before they get to the real tough part of their schedule, which is the final six weeks, Kansas City, Cleveland again, Tampa, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore. Over these next six games, four and two at a minimum, probably five and one. And if they get go five and one, then all of a sudden they're seven and four and they're, they're fine. So I am not, listen, Joe Burrow, losing T. Higgins during the game hurt. I don't love the offense that they're running, and Burrow is still taking too many hits. I also think they're going to be fine. Baltimore is a more interesting case. So credit to Baltimore, which came this close to for the third time this year, blowing blowing a double-digit lead. Up up 21 against Miami late, 
up 17 against Buffalo at halftime right. and up 10 early in this game. They blew the first two. They won this one. Tucker's unbelievable. Tucker is, if you are a contending team that doesn't have a kicker. It's tough. I, well, yes, it's, it's brutal. But I would honestly consider offering a first-round pick for Justin Tucker. And I don't know if Baltimore would do it. I honestly, God, don't know that Baltimore would accept that, a first-round pick for Justin Tucker. He's unbelievable. Lamar had a spotty game. He was fantastic on the final drive with his legs. This game could have been blown out multiple times, but Lamar threw a critical pick and then missed two guys on open touchdowns. One was a brutal miss. So Lamar, after looking like the league MVP through the first three weeks of the season, has had one really bad game last week against Buffalo and then one plus or minus game, but he was very good with his legs. But none of that is the most interesting part of this game to me. The most interesting part of this game is John Harbaugh got bullied by the media all week and it affected how he coached. So here's the situation. Baltimore is up three midway through the fourth. They have it fourth and goal. Was it fourth and goal from the two or fourth and two from the four? I'm not, you know what? Let me double check what it is. Whatever it is, they're inside the five and they have they have a fourth down. And Harbaugh, his whole career since he's gotten Lamar, it was fourth and one is what it's listed from the three is what it was. Up three. That's a gotta go for it spot. But last week, if you remember, they had a similar spot against Buffalo in a tie game, went for it, didn't get it. The media killed him for it. He kicks the field goal instead in this spot. They're up six. Now, Baltimore won the game. So right now, John Harbaugh is getting applauded for learning from his mistakes and for... That is totally the wrong way to look at this. He made he went against his gut, against the personality of the team, against the numbers in a more obvious go-for-it spot than last week. Because you're up two scores. If you score a touchdown, you're up two scores. Right. And the defense was like, trust last week. Mark Spears all angry. Trust us. Okay, he did in this spot. And Cincinnati instantly drove the field and scored a touchdown. In fact, the best thing to happen to Baltimore is that the defense showed so little resistance that Cincinnati scored quickly enough right. that they were able to then have enough time to go back down. This is a guy staying on 15 against a nine in blackjack, winning, and everyone applauding him for it. That's not how this works. If you go for it there and you score the touchdown, the game's over. You're up 10. Well, I guess with Baltimore, it's not technically necessarily over, but you're in a great spot. Instead, he kicked the field goal, trusted his defense, and Cincinnati drives the length of the field for a touchdown to take the lead. But because everyone just plays the result, he's being applauded for it. I I hope it was a one-time blip. One of the reasons Baltimore has a decided edge on a lot of teams is because they are smarter than most teams on fourth down stuff. They weren't last night. They got away with it. They won despite, not because of the good, that decision, despite that decision. All right, next. The NFCs, we got the Eagles. The Eagles are undefeated. Uh, how about the rest of the NFCs? Yeah. We got the Giants just beating the Packers in London with a huge upset. The Cowboys dominated the Rams in LA with a backup quarterback. The NFC East is the best division in football as of right now, correct? Well, I mean, the record says they are. And they're, I think, 11-3 and three outside of the division, which is incredibly impressive, meaning when NFC East teams play non-NFC East teams. Right. I think they're 11-3. and three. I might be wrong on that. 11-3. and three, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. The whole, I see. The NFC East as a whole, exactly. when it's not playing itself. Right. Uh, the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants are a combined 13-2. and two. It's pretty phenomenal. And the Cowboys have done it with a backup quarterback. The Giants have done it with Daniel Jones. Right. 
The Eagles, I got to give Jalen Hurts credit. I mean, Jalen Hurts is playing well. I, I'm not a, I am not a full-fledged Jalen Hurts believer just yet. Clearly. But I give him credit. And the Eagles are also playing really weird in that the Eagles are, now let me see if I have the numbers here. I texted our some of the TV producers to try to help me out, see if they have the numbers. So the Eagles, okay, yeah, they, they did. The Eagles in the first half this year, have outscored their opponents by 61 points. That's okay. an average of 12 and a half points per... No, it's been four, five weeks. Five. Yeah, 12 points per game right. over, the, in the, over those first five weeks. In the second half, they have been outscored by 14 points. So in the first half, they have the number one point differential in football. Right. In the second half, they are number 23 in point differential. So the Eagles are jumping out to these leads and then holding on for dear life. The Cowboys are doing it on the strength of a thoroughly dominant defense that if they if it is the best defense in football, then you've got to look at the, you've got to give them a credit that I have not yet given them, right? And the Giants are doing it through a bit of good fortune, uh some gutsy coaching a team that really believes, you know, sometimes you have these fork in the road moments of your season. And for the Giants, it might've come week one, that two point conversion they got in week one against Tennessee. When that play was dead to rights and Saquon found a way into the end zone Great. for the two point conversion, then Tennessee, the old kicker, fat Randy misses the kick. They've seemingly been riding that wave for a month. Now they were down 17 to three to the Packers. 17 to 3, and they came all the way back and won. You look like you have something you want to say. Go ahead. I mean, what? Go ahead. I just feel like you got to give credit where it's due, man. Well, five weeks is not the biggest. You want to call it them riding the high, man. They're just good. They're Maybe. Just a good team. So the question is is it the best division in football? Record wise, absolutely. Like it. Right. Do I actually think it's the best division in football? I don't. Do I fully trust any of their teams come the playoffs? No, but Philly, by the way, is now overwhelmingly likely to be the one seed. It's not just because they're five and oh, it's because let me, and I, I did this last week as well, but I'll do it again. Philly, the rest of the way, tell me their toughest games. So they're home for Dallas next week. That's a, that's a massive game on Sunday night football. That's either. Against Cooper Rush or Dak's first game back. Okay. Philly, I haven't looked at the line yet. In fact, let's look at it right now. My guess is they're seven-point favorites in that game. Wow. Is that really? Okay, so Vegas is not giving them quite the credit I thought they were due. Let me make sure that's right. Five-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay, I would have I given them a little more credit than that. Maybe they're hedging for Dak coming back, but Dak in his first game back, I don't know. But so they have Dallas. All right. Then they have a bye. Then Pittsburgh, who has one win. Houston, who has one win. Washington, who has one win. Indy, home for Green Bay. More on the Packers in a moment. Tennessee, the Giants. Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, the Giants. Aside from their divisional games, they play one team the rest of the way that has a winning record. Right. One team. And that's Green Bay, who is the other part of this. Con so Philly is going to be the one seed. It's, I see no scenario where they're not. And that, in today's NFL, where there's only one bye, is just such a massive edge. So I have to give them credit. I would, two-thirds of the chat, by the way, I'm being told is saying the NFC East is not the best division in football. The, chat. the issue is with that, my gut tells me no as well, but let's just quickly go through, and I, I told our producers I need 20-minute A blocks on Mondays. Now we're adding a live chat element I'm responding to. <laughs> There's no chance I'm going to end on time. Uh, the Matt Rule just got fired. Okay. Oh, is that All right. Matt Rule just got fired. Coach of the, the uh, well, former coach of the Panthers. That was a no-doubter that that was going to happen. They are, I think, 1-27 in 27 in his career when they allow 17 points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. My God. But I don't really want to talk much about that. I mean, Baker's playing himself 
out of the league almost. Right. The Panthers are a disaster. We knew he was going to get fired. Okay. First coach fired bets cash on Matt Rule if you had that. That's a bet you can make, by the way. First coach fired, but now it's done. Copy. All right. All right. On the NFC East thing, then on the Packers, then we'll move on, okay? And are, are we, and Matt, I'm just taking your word for it that Matt Rule did get fired. I didn't see that anywhere. I, I, okay, he says for sure. I'm making sure a darn Schefter instead of Adam Schefter isn't the one reporting it. Uh, but yeah, he's right. Okay, good job, Matt. My apologies for doubting you. <laughs> NFC, so what is the best division in football then? Let's just go through it. NFC North, no chance. The Lions are a mess. They're the number one scoring team in football until they, they played Patriots today. Zero. Oh, is he? oh yeah. Zero. Scoreless. The, the Bears, Bears are a mess. So right. they're just eliminated. The Packers, again, Packers in a moment. NFC South, no chance. One team just fired their coach. Right. Another team's New Orleans, Atlanta, and Tampa. So no chance there. NFC West, I say no chance. They have now, I don't think the NFC West has any horrific teams, but Seattle's mediocre. Russ is over there. No, no, he's in the AFC West, NFC West. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he used to be over there. Seattle's mediocre. Right. The Rams right now look mediocre. The Cardinals look worse than mediocre, and the Niners look good. Okay, so they're out of it. AFC East has an argument. I can't believe I'm saying it, but the Jets all of a sudden aren't terrible. I, the Patriots are. They've won two games, but maybe they'll round into form. The Dolphins, we got, they're on a third-string quarterback now, and the Bills are obviously excellent. They're not the best division in football. Take them out. AFC North, maybe. A Pittsburgh's awful, but Cleveland is in it every week, even though, I mean, Cleveland's 2-3 and three now, could be 5-0, and oh, maybe should be 5-0. and oh. yeah. Baltimore and Cincinnati are just good. AFC South is not the best division in football. They don't have right now one team that looks like a good team. My prince that was promised keeps costing me money. And then there's the AFC West that I actually think by the end of the year should be the only team, the conference in their division in the league that doesn't have a terrible team. The NFC is a terrible team. Is the Chiefs and the Chargers who are good. The Raiders who I don't think are terrible, but they're about to be one and four when they lose tonight to the Chiefs. And then the Broncos who have a great defense and nothing on offense. So when you break it down like that, thus far, it is the NFC East. Now to the Packers quickly. That is a horrifying loss. Yeah. And I like it. You like it? How come? I just like it given what Aaron Rodgers has been saying about his receivers. And then on the last two plays of the game, he couldn't even get him the freaking ball. Yeah. Ball bad. I, I, I kind of like it. I also, a little chirping in that locker room after one of the Packers running back said, We could have gotten those two yards on the ground. This is third and two and fourth and two, and they threw it both times. Yep. That's not great. Jair Alexander said, I'm not worried about the defense. I'll be worried if we lose next week to the Jets. Aaron then got upset with that. Say, I love Ja, but I don't need him saying those things, talking about losing. The hmm. Packers, we are five weeks into the year. They are yet to have one kick-ass game. Right. For a team that's been to back-to-back -back NFC championship games, and for a team that is the back-to-back -back league MVP, that's a problem. Yep. So $250 million. Right. No, $250 million is Russ. Aaron was $150 because it was only three years. Oh, okay. But still, he's saved $50 million a year. A lot of cap space. <laughs> right. A lot of cap dollars spent on him. Not a lot right. of cap space because they gave him all that money. All right, next. The Bucks snuck one out against the Falcons at home 21-15. to Nice call by yeah, you. Yeah, I told you the there. Falcons love backdoor covering. 5-0. and oh. 5-0 yep. and oh against the spread for Atlanta this year. Yep. Uh, the refs helped Tom Brady out, as usual, with a rough-in-the-passer call late in the game. Jerome Boger defended the call, saying the defender unnecessarily threw him to the ground, which is freaking crazy, by the way. Yeah. Uh, would any other quarterback have gotten that call? No. And listen, I'm not going to – I don't know that Atlanta would have won. I do know they would have gotten the ball back down less than a touchdown. Right. So they would have absolutely had a chance to win. I also know that this wasn't even a gray area call. Yeah. This was. He's old. This was as bad as it gets. However, anyone that is acting shocked by this, I present to you, and there's our time, and we haven't even gotten to the, the, AFC, the final segment, the final question of the segment. Uh, anyone acting shocked by this, 
Have you not been watching football the last 20 years? There, when you are playing Tom Brady, you have to know part of the, the quotient, the GOAT quotient, is he's going to get a few, pardon me, but bullshit calls. I know I'm supposed to curse on the YouTube stream. I couldn't help myself. Bleep. Uh, especially if it's close late. There was, if I'm, I, I, I'm going to check the play-by-play on it again. I think there was, nobody's talking about no, it. And then he, the other, like, he tried to kick him. Well, of course he did. <laughs> he tried to kick him. The, the whole thing, there was, it was absolutely. So just for the record, this is what happens on the final drive. There's 3.20 left. The Falcons get a stop on a third and four. Right. And they called, I mean, Brady's favorite go-to call. Defensive holding away from the play, automatic first down. Then it's third and five. Brady gets sacked with three minutes left and just an egregious roughing the passer penalty. Just absolutely egregious. Brady hadn't let go of the ball. Exactly. Grady Jarrett was just rolling. There was nothing he could have done. If he would have let him go, Brady might have been able to stay up. So it was terrible. With that said, you just got to know he's going to get those calls. He's been getting them for 20 damn years. So it's on you if you're upset about it. And yeah, Jerome Boger is not a very good ref. I understand that. But that's not about Jerome Boger. It's about Brady. Brady got that in the AFC Championship game in 2018. Got a BS roughing the passer penalty. Then threw a, threw a pick to end the game. Mahomes' his first year as a starter. Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl. And yes, D Ford was lined up offsides. I but think D you Ford had, a little upset about it. D Ford had been lined up in that same spot all day, and they don't flag it like they're saving it for when Brady really needs right. it. He's been. This has happened. His the NFC Championship game a few years ago against Green Bay, the one where Rodgers doesn't run and said they kicked the field goal. The Packers got the stop. And then there's any illegal contact or whatever they call down the field BS call. You know it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's always coming. He's NFL's godchild, man. It's unbelievable. All right, next. You love to talk a lot of smack about the Bills, but they looked pretty dominant this they Sunday against the Steelers. I got to say, they looked pretty good. They looked great, and I really wanted to put money on them. They could have scored no, 70. No, you did not. You <laughs> wanted to make a stupid, will Josh Allen throw for more yards than Kenny Pickett bet? At like minus one eight. Is that a bad bet, guys? Well, it. I told you, Demonte came to me. He was like, "Not that I do this, but and like, I a hundred percent. Why? <laughs> why would someone not just put like a thousand dollars on this bet?" And I'm like, "What bet?" He's like, "Josh Allen threw for more yards than Kenny Pickett." And forget the fact that the juice was way against you. The answer was, and I told you, yeah, there, the, it, it made sense the, that. If you really think the Bills are going to dominate that game, they might just start running the whole second half of Pittsburgh, throwing the whole second half. Now, the look on DeMonte's face when on the third play of the game, Josh Allen threw a 98-yard touchdown pass and then threw for over 300 yards in the first half, he was upset. He was upset. Almost as upset as the fact that the one bet I told him to make was a Chiefs-Jags teaser and the Jags just needed to win, and they never scored a touchdown the whole game. But okay, go ahead. What's the hey, question here? But anyways, they play KC next week. Mm-hmm. And while we're all looking forward to that, the Chiefs still got to take care of business against the Raiders. Yeah. Are you scared KC is going to overlook this game because they're too focused on being favorites for the Super Bowl and not be focused on this week? Well, yeah. What's, what's well, going to happen? Yeah, I mean, they're playing the, the Bills or the massive Super Bowl favorites. The Bills are favored by two in Arrowhead next week. The disrespect. Mahomes hadn't been an underdog in 38 weeks. Now he's underdog two of the last three weeks. So are we betting on the, this Well, game? let's let's get through the Raider game first. Teaser? But the disrespect to Patrick Mahomes to be an underdog at home yeah, against a team that the last time they played at Arrowhead was sobbing because they couldn't stop him for 13 seconds. The utter disrespect. Now, I would be worried about this being a trap game for the Chiefs tonight against the Raiders if it wasn't the Raiders. Right. If it was just different mediocre team coming to Arrowhead, maybe. But 
It's Mahomes in prime time where he's got the best numbers of any quarterback ever. It's against a team that two years ago beat them in Arrowhead and then did victory laps around the stadium in their team bus. They haven't gotten past that. It's a team that in his career, he has 22 touchdowns, three picks, averaging 37 points per game against the Raiders. So no, I'm not worried about that. We will talk a lot of Bills Chiefs on Thursday's episode because I am angry. That line is, could the Bills, obviously, it's the regular season. The Bills could win. The Bills. And everything the that it took for the Chiefs and, to win that last time. Everything you took for the Bills to win that last to win that last time, but they didn't. Yeah, they, the Bills needed all the same miracles, but they they and they got them, and they still didn't win. Get the hell out the of point. here, Bills favorite at Arrowhead. We'll be right back. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back in episode 80. What's right, Nick Wright? Uh, We're talking week five in the NFL. We'll get to Draymond in a moment. But as we're live on the air, Matt Rule's been fired. Kevin Wilds had a very interesting tweet. I give him credit, which is, Baker Mayfield has now had let me let me make sure this is right by Wilds. Yeah. Baker Mayfield has had twice as many head coaches in his career as Tom Brady. So Baker Mayfield went Hugh Jackson to an interim coach. Are we going college from NFL or just NFL? NFL. Okay. So Baker's been in the league five years. He went Hugh Jackson to an interim coach, to Freddie Kitchens, to Kevin Stefanski, to Matt Rule. To whomever the new, uh, who, who's the interim coach now? I got to look. Uh, I forget who's on that staff. Uh, but here's the thing. And I've defended Baker. Uh, passing game, defensive passing game coordinator, secondary coach Steve Wilkes is going to be the interim head coach. Wilkes was uh, head coach for the Cardinals for one year. You're about to say you're done with that. Uh, no, listen, I was just wrong. I, w- I was wrong on Baker. I, I thought that. It, with a good defense and Christian McCaffrey, he would get back to the Baker that two years ago won a playoff game and was good. And he's been one of the worst players in the league this year. By the way, interesting little curse in sports that's yet to bite the Bills, but I just want to put it out there. <laughs> okay? Since Patrick Mahomes has been in Kansas City. The teams that have played the Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs, I just want to tell you what they were and then what happened to them, okay? If I may, just for a moment. Patrick Mahomes, first year with the Chiefs in 2018 in the divisional round, they played the Indianapolis Colts. Colts were a really good team with Andrew Luck as their quarterback. The Chiefs crushed them. Andrew Luck then shockingly (laughs) retires the next year. 2019, the Chiefs 
in the divisional round play a team that looks like they should be an AFC contender for years with one of the best quarterbacks in football. That team is the Houston Texans. The Chiefs crushed them after being down 24-0. And the next year, the Texans go 4-12. and And then they, the Deshaun Watson, that's then the next year, they're even worse. Okay? The very next year, the Chiefs in the divisional round play the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. And it's all looking good for Cleveland. They make the playoffs. They've won a playoff game. The next year, they have the year from hell and then trade Baker. Last year in the division round, the Chiefs play the Buffalo Bills. I don't know what's going to happen to Buffalo. I just know the three teams that look like they had the whole world in front of them. Indy and then Houston and then Cleveland. It all fell apart. So we'll just see if there's a little divisional round curse. I think it negates with the great quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson was unbelievable. Andrew Luck was unbelievable. Andrew Luck quit football. Yeah. He said, I don't want to do this anymore. Deshaun (laughs) Watson said, I don't want to be a Texan anymore. (laughs) Uh, Baker Mayfield got kicked off his own team, essentially. We'll just see. Are we going on to Draymond now? Okay, yeah, we can move on. What's up? Draymond punches Jordan Poole in the face. Yeah. Video gets leaked on TMZ. Yeah. Draymond then says that he's going to take a step back away from the team. Yeah. And this is what he had to say. I do want to give my team some space. I want to give Jordan some space and then also take a few days and continue to work on myself. I didn't handle that well, and I failed as a leader. I failed as a man, and I failed as a leader. So there's Draymond's quote. Go ahead, DeMarcy. Yeah, you you noted how Draymond didn't his do, do his scheduled podcast. Yeah. What do you make of this whole situation? It's on and off the court ramifications and what it means for Draymond Green. Yeah, listen. I made a big deal on Friday that Draymond hadn't said anything yet. And Draymond finally spoke, and he spoke for a long time. Right. And he did seem sincere. Okay? He did seem sincere. But it doesn't mean he's he can prevent this from happening in the future. So I'm going to use a parenting analogy. All right? Sometimes your kids, like as teens, consistently screw up. And every time you sit and talk with them, they are sincere that they feel badly. They are sincere that they want to correct the behavior. They are sincere that they know they've lost your trust. But they are not yet emotionally mature enough to when a similar situation arises, to avoid making the same mistakes. Right. And this is very typical with almost all teenagers. I I, I parented two teenagers in different ways, both of them exact same thing in this. With you, it was more like, I'm not supposed to like do X, Y, and Z on the weekends. I know I'm not supposed to. I feel badly. I hate that we keep having these conversations. And then two months later, you're given the opportunity. You're like, I can't help myself. I'm going to go do it. And with even your younger sister, who is as well-behaved as a kid and as good of a kid as one could hope for, when it comes to, oh, boy, I've got this homework due. I know it's due. I know I need to do it. Or I could just wait and then just do it all at the last minute. I'm going to do that and then feel bad and be upset and no dug yourself all. It's a, an emotional maturity thing, right? Yeah. It's it's you, your brains aren't fully developed. You, you're always borrowing from future you for today. You it's what young people do. The problem for Draymond is what is he? 31 years old. I was about to say, so. <laughs> you got to grow out of that. Shit. Sorry, my bad. I'll, I'll watch my language better. You've got to get better. You've got to grow out of it. I want to see how old Draymond is. Uh, He's not. And it, he has so clearly... 36. It, 32. 32. 36 would be old, bro. LeBron's 37. Um, he just looks... Uh, 32. So I said 31. 32. You've got to grow up. And unlike parents... It wasn't... The, let's just note how the punch was crazy. Oh, that's a good point, Because we haven't too. talked about it since. That's a good point, because we hadn't seen the video. <laughs> right. 
everything about the video was worse than I thought it was going 100%. to be. 100%. I thought it was going to be. They're on the court together, jawing at each other. Right. Get kind of face-to-face. Someone pushes someone, and it's one of those things that's a punch because it's closed fist, but that it started three inches from his head. Right. You know what I mean? Where you can't really get a lot. It's, it's like, like that, that if you're watching on YouTube, where you can't get a lot of force or momentum. You know what I mean? Yeah. This was a lunge. Yeah. And it absolutely could have broken his eye socket, broken his jaw. Draymond's a much bigger guy, a much stronger guy. So the punch was wild. The fact that it seemed to arise out of nothing. And Draymond says... How far apart they were in the beginning. And the fact that the other thing that's noteworthy to me is pre-punch, None of the other players on the court phased, not moving or anything. Because it's not like it's not like that Jordan Poole said something. Because we don't have the audio. But given everyone's reactions pre-punch, it's not like he said something where people were like, oh no. Like nobody's even paying attention. Right. And so I believe that Draymond's sincere, but I also believe that Steve Kerr and Bob Myers are fed up with this. And yeah. Do I think this will impact his ability to contract extension? Of course I do. Do I think this, if this Warriors season goes sideways, do I think we now have, uh, you know, a patient zero of it, an epicenter of where it started? Yeah, I do. So, I mean, I give Draymond credit because he did own it. But at some point, the, to finish the parenting analogy, and we'll get to our game, the, the thing with parenting teenagers is a couple things. One is, you know they're going to grow out of it eventually. And the other is, they're your kids. So, any of their problems are kind of your fault. Like, you raised them. Like, you, you, even if the kid themselves feel like, no, I was, that was on me. As a parent, you feel like, well, I could have done a better job. Like, I, I'm the one who raised you. And, you love them unconditionally, and you're tied to them forever. Are you about to say, like, Draymond's not anybody's kid? He's not anybody's kid. <laughs> There's no, there was no option where it's like, hey, do you want, like, at your lowest moment, you know what was not an option? Like, oh, boy, I could trade Demonte <laughs> for an eight-year-old and some cap relief. Like, see if we see if I can get half the production and a lot of the headache. It's like, no, he's my son. Like, it's got a deal. Like, that's the other thing here. At some point, you're very exposable. Disposable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At some point, you you run out of equity. Yeah. And Draymond's walking a very thin line. All right, let's play a game. Uh, It's time for right or wrong, folks. Let's start off with my favorite. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags did not only cover the seven. They not lost. O- they didn't cover didn't, the seven. Yes. Did not only. Yes. Not, not only didn't. You're saying didn't. Not only. It's fine. Not only. Not did, only did they not cover the seven, but they lost to the Texans who were 0-3-1. Yeah. And burned right, me in Survivor. And burned you in your Survivor. Right or wrong. Nick misread the prophecy of the prince that was promised. The answer to that is wrong. Okay. So this has been a bad two weeks. Um, This guy cheated me out of hundreds of dollars yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there one more time. Yeah. He cheated me out of a bit more. (laughs) Uh, It's bad two weeks for my guy. The Eagles game, you want to chalk up to the weather? Fine. I did it. Yesterday's game's really, really bad. The pick in the end zone just can't happen. It just can't happen. And some of the decisions, like even... The fourth down? Yeah. So you have like, you have fourth and eight, the game on the line, and you take a kill shot. You haven't even been... On the sideline. Right. When you just need to keep the drive moving, keep your team alive. And... I like his coach. Now, I don't love the weapons. I don't love the receivers, but that's not why they lost. You scored zero touchdowns against the Texans. So I still believe in the talent of Trevor Lawrence. But this week, to me, was the worst game of his career. It was worse than the five turnover game. 
Five turnover games against a good team in terrible weather. Exactly. This is a division game. You've got to win against a bad team at home. Yeah. It is bad. I mean, losing I, to a team whose record is 0-3-1. It's is, just terrible. It's pretty nasty. It's just terrible. Next. Gino Smith may not have won Sunday, but he looked pretty solid. And Russell Wilson has been so bad on Thursday. We're talking about him on a Monday. Yeah. Right or wrong, Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson. For this year, he will be. He's definitely better than Russell Well, Wilson. we know he's been better up to this point. Yeah. But right, I think by the at the end of the year, Geno will have had a better year, better year. Especially now that oh, Russell is dealing with a shoulder injury. And I, By the way... I call BS on this. I'm not saying he's not dealing with a shoulder injury. What I am saying is that is not why they lost that game on, what was it, Thursday night. Right. Lost that game Thursday night. It, Russ, it, let's say the shoulder injury is totally legit. Then you know what you don't do? Up three with two minutes and 10 seconds left? Try to fit in a bullet with Stephon Gilmore on the guy. That's what you don't do. What you don't do is, and the on the in overtime, when they went for the win, he had a guy wide open or he could have run. Like, those are not shoulder. And the other interception, the moon ball prayer, was those are process errors, not shoulder errors. Yeah, maybe this is what Russ is talking about in his Subway commercial. He's asking if you've ever done anything dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe he's doing something dangerous. Maybe, right now man. I, but it was. I mean, you could set your clock to it. The idea that it, there was going to be some reporting that all oh, Russ is dealing with an injury. You knew that was going to happen, and I'm not doubting that he's dealing with an injury. But when we're talking about prognosticating what the rest of the year is going to look like, his processing's been bad. The coaching's been bad. Javante Williams, the best player on offense, is now out for the year, and and now he's going to be dealing with a shoulder injury. Gino will be better. Right now, here's a fun one. Geno's actually Geno's played well. Not only is he better than Russell Wilson, I just think I think he's a good quarterback in general. It it would be an unbelievable turnabout for that guy's career, but thus far, like that's an interesting window because prior to this football season, Demonze didn't watch a ton of the NFL. So yeah. if you're new to the NFL and you look at Geno Smith, you're like, why am I not supposed to think of him as one of the 12 best quarterbacks in football? Right. Based on this year alone, he's been that. Right now. Russ is a bottom five quarterback in the AFC. Right now, quarterbacks that I would take Russ over. What they're doing in Pittsburgh, for sure. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, yeah. I know Matt Ryan got the win. Matt Ryan is cooked. Um, Maybe. I don't, I don't know that I'd take him over. Baker's in the NFC. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know that I'd take him over Zach Wilson right now. Zach Wilson's 2-0 and since he came back. I, mean, I how many touchdown passes has Russ thrown this year? Is it five? Uh, it, that or four, maybe? High, but you, let me look. Russell Wilson on the year, four touchdowns, three picks. I mean, he's been terrible. Uh, all right, next. <clears throat> wow. The Rams lost to Dallas at home. Matthew Stafford looks off, and L.A. is now two and three and might be the worst team in their division. Right or wrong, the Rams are going to miss the playoffs. I got to look at their schedule. But right now, you've got to say it looks like they are. It, it right now, it this looks like a bad football team that cannot protect Stafford. Now, Donald's amazing, and Ramsey isn't what he once was, but is still very, very, very good. Right. I. But that offensive line is in such shambles. And yesterday they had a bad special teams day too. I, it is, it is incredibly difficult. Let me look at what they've got because they also have that Super Bowl champion schedule. So the Rams, the rest of the way, have they have they're home for Carolina this week. That should be a get right now, right? Even though Carolina, are they going to have the new coach um, bump in Carolina's pass rush? Ooh boy. I mean that's that's tough. Then they have a bye, but then. San Francisco, Tampa, Arizona, New Orleans, Kansas City, Seattle, Vegas, Green Bay, Denton—not sounding too sweet. No, I—I I think right. I wonder what Football Outsiders has them at. I think right now they're an underdog to make the playoffs because we've got to anticipate two eight, NFC East teams are making it. 
Philly plus at least one of Dallas or the Giants, right? Right. Uh, the NFC that's going to be so soft in the middle. I'm not, I'm not writing them off as dead, but if you were to ask me, you know, even money bet Rams do or don't make the playoffs. I think the smart money right now is on don't. That's crazy. All right, next. All right, Kyler and Car. <clears throat> By the right. way, keep asking questions in the chat. We're going to do your questions uh, for the final segment of the show. Go ahead. Kyler and the Cardinals almost pulled off the comeback versus the undefeated Eagles. Yep. But the Cardinals quarterback displayed some Nathaniel Hackett-like clock management skills in the final moments. Right or wrong, Kyler Murray's spike was the worst case of clock, ma clock management this week. It was the worst case of clock management in the United States this week. Okay. Now, the London game, Matt LaFleur tricked that off the first half. And first half, blew the clock. And it cost him a good chance that a touchdown said they settled for three. And in the second half, they wasted a timeout early third quarter for no reason that they then needed later in the game. But Kyler, you can't go on a, you can't say receivers need to be awake when you're playing with me and all this BS. And then here was the sequence. They get a first down. They're down three. Their kicker has been cut by two teams already this year. <laughs> and he was the kicker to Monze from the Chiefs Colts game. That's the guy. Wait, the, the guy that messed up his foot? No. Oh, the guy that came in. The guy that came in and missed all those kicks. Yeah. This guy, by the way, sidebar, can you imagine if you're like a fringe NFL kicker just trying to get a chance and this Matt Amendola clown has gotten three teams to give him jobs this year, only going to be terrible for all of them? But set that aside. You know your kicker's a replacement kicker, right? They get a first down with around 40 sec 45 seconds left. They're at fringe field goal range. Fringe. They're at like the 35. Kyler spikes it on first down. Don't love that, but fine. He does it. Second down, he runs. Easily has a first down. If he dives or just stays running, but he slides. Here's why that's important. The NFL a couple years ago changed the rules to where if you're a quarterback who slides, you are down, not where you end the slide, but right where you right. begin it. Right. That, be, that way it protects the quarterbacks but they can't just slide for extra yardage. He slides a yard short of the first down. Does not have the awareness to realize he slides a yard short of the first down. And then, and then spikes, spikes it, it with 23 seconds left. If you're going to spike it there and then kick it on fourth, you actually want to wait to spike it. It was terrible. And then, of course, Amendola shanks it. It was awful. For a $200 million quarterback, so, no, the, the Kyler thing gotta be awake. was so bad. It was so bad. And he just seems like a pain in the ass to play with. It's like a tough year for quarterbacks, man. Well, you know what? That's interesting. Go to our last thing, and then we'll move on. Last week, Tom Brady said, I think there's a lot of bad football when asked what he was seeing around the league. Right or wrong, Tom Brady was right. Yeah, Tom. yes, he was right. And there, so a number of things have happened. Some of this is teams not playing their starters in preseason. Some of this is teams not practicing enough. Some of this also is teams saw the way this soft, too-high-shell defense affected the Chiefs last year, and now they're doing it across the league. Take away the big play, make teams be methodical, dare them to run the football, make them take small gains, and teams can't do it. And teams that are built on the big play have struggled unless they have a superstar quarterback like Mahomes or like Josh Allen. But you're seeing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have struggled. Tom Brady and the Bucks have struggled offensively. Kyler has struggled. A lot of these teams that are based on the big shot with teams taking that away and daring you to run, they can't take advantage of it. So Brady, Brady was correct on that. All right, about a 60-second break. Be back answering your questions. We wrap up episode 80 of What's Right with Nick Wright. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. 
The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know what somebody just Welcome back in, by the way. You know what somebody just sent me? That son of a gun old take exposed is going to fry me. You remember before the year I did the 24 NFL observations in 24 hours leading up to the relaunch of First Things First? I did it on Twitter. Number four, I'm going to read it to you as follows. Mm, boy, the Panthers got an absolute steal in Baker. No first round quarterback in modern NFL history has ever had the amount of success Baker had with Cleveland, gotten trade or released before the end of his rookie contract. Massive mistake by Cleveland and huge win for Carolina. Uh, yeah. That one hasn't aged that well. At I got to tell you, that one uh, has not aged that well. Uh, so. And also, we've got okay. Hold on, we've got people asking for mugs for the show. I, I got to stay off Twitter. All right, <clears throat> final segment. We've got some questions from the audience in the live YouTube chat. Demonze, give them to me. You, what are we starting with? We're starting off with Vito, and he asks, "Do you think Cooper Rush is going to be a valuable trade piece in the off season or a long or a long term security blanket?" Okay, so unfortunately for the Cowboys, the answer might be neither. Cooper Rush, let me make sure I'm right about this. I think his contract, yeah, this is the last year of his contract. And he's been in the league long enough. He's not a restricted free agent. He's unrestricted. Now, what do I imagine? I don't think any team is going to be racing to make Cooper Rush their starting quarterback. But I think he will get some good money backup quarterback offers. And I think if you're the Cowboys, he's the best backup quarterback you could hope for because he knows the system and he's played well. So I do think they're going to have to find like four million bucks for this guy, five million bucks for this guy. Now, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe a team will be desperate and stupid and try to, you know, give him a shot at be a starter, in which case they'll pay him like 12 million. Cowboys can't do that. So they're not going to franchise tag him. Obviously, it'd be $35 million for Rush. So he's going to be a true free and clear free agent. And it'll be very interesting to see what type of market he has, but they can't trade him. If the only way they could trade him is if they do it now. They do it in the next month, and they're not going to do that. All right, next. Losak asks, would you like to be a GM for a sports team? If you could become one, which league would you pick, and which team would you try to rebuild? So, you know, it's funny. I've always said I'd love to be an NBA GM. Uh, I had someone, I'll just say who it is. Uh, I was talking with Maverick about this because he's going to, he and LeBron are going to buy a team. Right. I was kind of trying to position myself for a front office job. And I was like, you wouldn't want to be president of basketball operations? He's like, no. He's like, that's a terrible job. I'm like, how's that a terrible job? He's like, it's just everyone coming into your office and complaining about other people. The players don't <laughs> like the coach. The coach says you've gotten better players. It's like, that's a bad job. Now, I think I would. I would. Here's the thing. I would. I am not good enough at evaluating college prospects on the collegiate football level to be a great, I'd be a terrible NFL scout. I think I'd be exceptional at cap management stuff and contract stuff. Uh, But that's like, that's not a high enough ranking job for me to leave the one I have now. Right. Uh, Mike Mayock went straight from TV to NFL GM and he was terrible at it. Uh, Other guys have gone into front offices. Uh, but nobody's going to hire me to run an NFL team, and they shouldn't. Now, could I be a good consultant on certain things? I know it sounds egotistical, 100%. There are certain things that they, the myself, Barnwell, a few people are just sharper at than the vast majority of NFL front offices. Now, in the NBA, the thing with the NBA is this. It's such limited opportunities to be great because it really is. Do you have one of these seven guys? And if you're running a team that doesn't, then how do you get one of these seven guys? Are you all right? Yeah. You all of a sudden look sick to your stomach. Are you good? No, I just figured out how to move my ears without my, yeah, it's so crazy. Like, I don't know. I like did like a little inside yawn and like, now I know how to do it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you discovered that. I saw the look on your face. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know it was a Eureka moment that you just realized how to move your ears in real time. I knew something was going on with you. I knew something (laughs) odd was happening. Okay. 
Uh, I think right now, if I wanted to quit the TV show and work in an NBA front office, I think Daryl, I think I could get a job with the Sixers, but it would not be, it would, you know, it'd be, would it be entry level? No, it'd be higher than entry level. Like Daryl and I have talked enough basketball that he has enough respect for what I know and how I see things. I could have a decent job, I think, but it would not be, it would not be the, the, it, it, I'm not trying to start a whole new career from scratch. Right. If somebody, if somebody offered me the opportunity to be president of basketball operations, yeah, of course, of course I would do it. Uh, but if I'm being totally honest, I think there's way better people available for, than me for that. I do think that there are certain things that I'm very sharp on that I could help teams with in the NFL, most notably cap management and clock stuff. And in the NBA, holistically looking at the organization and understanding what's important. But those jobs don't really exist. All right, next. Okay. Uh, Reich Smith said or asked, do you think the Bengals will be able to overcome their terrible coaching? I don't see this team making a dream run again with this terrible. Coaching. No, I don't. I, I think there's a ceiling on them because of their coaching. And I also think that they're in a really rough spot because Mike Brown, the owner, is not going to pay out, you know, fire a coach and pay out his contract. So I think that is a there's a ceiling on the Bengals because of that. Next. All right. Anthony asked, who does Nick have? I'm sorry. Who does Nick have for a, a way way too early MVP? Way too early MVP future this year. Giannis, Luca, or Ja? All right. So if you're asking me who I think's gonna win it, I, I think Luca's gonna win it. I think Luca's gonna have an unbelievable year. If yeah. you're asking me who I would bet on, let me let yeah, me. What about Jokic? Yo, there's Jokic zero percent no to win it. In your book, or I just I don't think. That there, the, the last First guy to win three. three in a row was Larry Bird. Prior to that, it was uh, was it Wilt or Russell? It was one of them. So I I do not think there is any realistic chance he's going to get it. I want to see where's NBA awards. I'm shocked I can't find it on here. Uh, I was trying to find. Let me let me look up quickly here before we move on. NBA MVP odds. I'm trying to see if there's like a good. If there's a good value, because Luke is the favorite. Luke is only plus 450. Embiid's plus 500. That's not a bad one, because I think they're going to be very good. Giannis is plus 550. Those are the three best bets. And I don't think it'd be terrible. If you bet on all three of those guys, you'd be getting five to three. So you'd be getting plus money on that. That might be the way to go. If you're going to go... With a long shot. I think the Suns are not going to be that good. So Devin Booker at 28 to 1 is no good. I, a long shot, long shot. It's long shots don't usually win in the NBA MVP. Jot 14 to 1. I don't see it. You know what? I'll throw one out there that's a semi long shot. Step. Okay. Just won the finals. Hasn't won MVP in a long time. You know his numbers are going to be great. Not really an injury risk. Steph's not a terrible one. I All think right. Steph is as far as the 10 to 1 or longer guys. I know some people like Zion this year. They're, that team's going to be good, but not good enough to have league MVP. Well, they changed the rules for Jokic. Maybe they'll change it for Zion, but I don't see it. All right, last one. We got one more, and this is from Juicy Beats Co. Mm -hmm. Question from Houston. How does it feel to underestimate the Texans this week and get your right move destroyed? All love, huge fan of the show, and first things for and first things first. Well, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I, I love that one. Lost. I I broke all my rules, all my gambling rules on that stupid game. I just included. I had three different teasers going yesterday. All right, and the Jags were a part of all three. So I just lost them all. I lost all of them because the Jags couldn't win. And I lost. I'm in, a, I'm in a massive survivor contest where you can have multiple entries. 80%, now 90% of the entries have been eliminated. I still had 50% of mine. I bought 20 entries. I have 10 left. Had 10 left. Half of those were the Jags. So I'm down to five entries in that one. 
I, I lost all this money. I got Demonze Venmoing me six dollars. <laughs> like that's gonna make a god dog dent in what the Jags cost me yesterday. Congrats to the Texans. Good for you guys. That was today's show. We will be back on Thursday. Great job, Demonze. Chiefs gonna roll. Oh. You know what? Chiefs huge over the Raiders tonight. Huge yeah. over the Raiders tonight. And I'm I'm gonna really break all my rules. Making it all back on the Chiefs oh, tonight. Oh man. Making it all back Imagine. on the Chiefs tonight. Imagine what? Nothing. Exactly right. All right, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday.